welcome. Thank you for tuning into another episode of the Faith on Fire podcast. I appreciate everyone who listens, whether this is your first time or you've been with us from the beginning. Today's episode starts our month's focus on generational wealth. So we've spoken in the past about how to create it while you're alive, but over the next month, I want us to focus on how to keep it after you're no longer here. This can be such a common area where people lose wealth within their families because it wasn't taken care of properly passing it on. So I'm hoping that these episodes are helpful and whether you're old or young, you take away something that can improve your financial situation. You're listening to the Faith on Fire podcast, the pod where faith and financial independence intersect. I'm your host, Simone Brumel, here to share financial coaching and education through a biblical money mindset. Follow me on my path to financial independence, and I'll give you tips on how to navigate yours. Money is a tool, so learn how to use it wisely. Hi, everyone. Thank you for tuning in for another episode. I'm really excited to have today's guest, Charlene Washington, to talk to us. Um, But before we go any further, I'll pause here and let her give you some background and introduce herself. Hello, hello. My name is uh, Charlene Washington. Um, I am a full-time educator and independent life insurance agent. Um, I've been teaching for about seven years, but I've always wanted to switch up and kind of educate people on financial services um, more than anything. So um, starting with life insurance is just my way of trying to give back and educate um, our community on the importance of life insurance and um, how it can help you set up your children for the future and offer them protection even um you know, even the years after, you know, you are gone and no longer with them. Um, So doing life insurance is very important to me. Um, Like I said, when it comes to educating our community and um, just, you know, teaching us things that we may not have learned about in the past. So. Yeah, I love that. I always appreciate people who have a passion for teaching and educating um, in whatever area, but specifically as it relates to financial literacy and, and education topics. And life insurance is one that I think people know about or have a knowledge of, but maybe have questions or feel that maybe they don't need to pay attention to it right away. You mentioned, you know, kids and, and preparing them for when we're no longer here, but is there a right age or a more common age that people should start thinking about life insurance and and getting life insurance? Or is it really a issue of family planning and preparing when you have children? Um, My philosophy on life insurance is the earlier, the better. Um, I, I think people should get it as soon as possible. Um, you know, once you found out about it or, um, you know, it comes across your mind, I think you should go ahead and get it right then and there. 
Um, I think it's it's very important because, of course, the younger you are, the the cheaper is going to be for you to get a policy. The less likely you are to have health issues, you know, at a younger age. So, um, and even those who are young with health issues, it's still going to be cheaper than for those who are older with health issues. So, I always say the younger, the better. Um, to go ahead and lock in that rate and get with, you know, get a policy where the rate doesn't increase over time. It stays the same amount throughout the life of your policy. Um, and then even when children come into the picture, the earlier, the better. Most insurance companies, it's, you know, children have to be at least 30 days old. Um, so a month old before you can uh, get a policy on them. But I think the earlier, the better, because you go ahead and lock in that rate and they can be paying something very cheap, you know, even in their up into their 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, um, versus those who try to get it at that age. And now they're paying hundreds of dollars a month for a policy that's not even worth a lot of money. So um, always the earlier, the better. Yeah. And would you, what do you say as far as, you know, the best life insurance product or what people should get. I know I've heard a lot about term life versus whole life insurance and um, all of the in-between on what you can do with it, right? Especially from a financial perspective, you have a lot of people talking to you about how you can benefit or make money off the life insurance where maybe most people's perspective is just getting it for that protection for their family. But could you maybe talk some about the differences in life insurance products or what is available to people. Okay. So yes, um, a, a lot of agents try to make one seem better than the other. That term is better. A whole life is better. Um, my stance on it is, you know, do whatever works for you. You know what I mean? As far as term goes, it is just what it sounds. It's for a specific term. It can be a 10 year term, 20 year term, 30 year term where you're paying for that policy. And once that term is up, then you no longer have that insurance protection, basically. Um, the idea behind term insurance is that you pay for it when you need it the most, you know, like when you have a mortgage, kids going to college, uh, you know, and if you were to pass away, that would be a devastating financial loss to your family. So you get a large term policy, which is pretty cheap um, to be able to take care of your family if something were to happen to you during that term. And then the idea is to, uh, you know, save up your money, invest it. So it grows. So once that term is over, you no longer need insurance anyway, because you've built up wealth to leave your family. Um, whole life is, as it sounds, it, it lasts for your whole life because it lasts your whole life. It is more expensive. Um, but whole life also builds up some whole life policies also build up what's called cash value, which is kind of uh, an investment side to insurance where part of your premium is going into an investment account that um, that's building up for you. Um, so you have access to that money you know, whenever you may need it and if there's an emergency or something like that, or even if you decide to, um, cancel the policy, you can do that by uh, what's called a surrender, where you can take the money that's in the cash value account and you have that money uh, for yourself and for your family. You won't have the insurance protection, but you will still have that uh, cash value that you've built up 
for you and your family. Um, so a lot of people say, you know, you shouldn't do investments with insurance, you know, but for some people that is the best thing to do because they don't know how to invest themselves. They don't know what to invest in in order to grow that wealth for them and their families. And so then, you know, those people have been talked into getting a term life policy where they built, you know, I mean, they're, they paid into the term life. And then once the term is over, they still have no wealth, no abundant amount of money to leave their family. And now they're forced to look for another policy, which is now higher because they've aged and they're older. So now they have to buy even more expensive policy, whether it be term or whole life. So um, it's just, you know, whatever works, uh, for that person. If that person is good with investments, I say go ahead and get a term life policy, something cheap, um, and keep building up your wealth. If that person is not so good with investing, um, then I say get um, a whole life policy with a cash value account to build up that investment side as well. Yeah, I really like that. Just making it clear what the differences are and um, some of the keywords you, you mentioned that kind of stuck in my head. Right. With term life, think of being, thinking of that more as protection or a more insurance um, based item similar to you know car insurance and the other insurances we're used to day to day where whole life has that investment aspect to it as well. And sometimes when people are getting life insurance, they, you know, confuse the two or don't understand that. And, you know, as you mentioned, enter into a term life policy thinking that there'll be some benefit afterwards and it's not, or vice versa with whole life thinking that um, it will be cheaper or maybe, you know, they'll have it to protect them um, in different ways. So I think just you explaining that and and for people to be aware, because as you said, it is a personal choice. It's, It's hard for to, to make a blanket statement and say whole life is better or term life is better for someone without knowing that situation. Right. Right. Um, so if you had to highlight what are the maybe one or two things that makes them similar and the main differences, I know we spoke about it before, but if you had to bullet it for someone just trying to understand that, how would you describe it? Okay, I would say um, the similarities are that they they both offer life insurance. If if something were to happen to you, if you were to pass, your family, your beneficiary would receive the amount of life insurance protection that you're paying for. Um, The the differences, term life does not last your whole life. Whole life does last your whole life. as far as monthly payment, term life is cheaper. Um, whole life is more expensive. Um, term life is simply insurance protection. There is no other money to be had with it. It's 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 you either. It only benefits you if you were to pass away, honestly. Um, and and in that case, it would benefit whoever your beneficiaries are. Um, with whole life, you have the option, you know, to, um, borrow from the cash value account and still keep the insurance protection, or you could always surrender the entire policy and just take the cash value that has been built up into the policy. Um, 
And so, yeah, those are the, the major differences. Perfect. Yeah. And so if we spend a little bit of time just talking about the term life and that just being an insurance aspect um, or insurance product, um, what would you suggest people think about before purchasing a, a term life policy? What are some things, you know, on a checklist or, you know, for them to consider in purchasing and, and why they should purchase? So with term life, um, definitely add up all of your debts and expenses. Um, how much is your mortgage? How much do you still owe on your cars? Um, how much is your kids tuition that you're paying for out of pocket? And that should give you an idea of about how much protection you want to have in your term life policy. Um, so that's, that's first and foremost, be realistic about how much protection you actually need. Like where's your family going to be financially if you were to pass away this second, um, and how much money would they need to survive? So that's, that's definitely first and foremost, uh, to think about. Um, and then also with term life, choosing the term that you want to go for. Like I said, they usually come in 10, 20 and 30 year terms are the most common. Uh, you want to think about how long is it going to take me to pay off my mortgage and these vehicles, you know, that will, you know, if you only have 10 years left, then you may just want to get a 10 year term because once that 10 years is up, then you shouldn't have those debts anymore, you know? So, um, that's something to think about how long is it going to take me to pay off these debts where I may know, well, my family may no longer need this amount of uh insurance if i were to pass away so um definitely those two things you should think about and then also just being realistic about your monthly budget how much can i afford to pay for this term um knowing that once it's up you know then all this money is just is gone you know what i mean um i won't be getting this back so how much is is gonna be good you know to come out of pocket each month you know, I mean, and it's the same with, with yeah. car insurance or any other type of insurance. If you don't use it, you lose it. Honestly, that's that's how term life is as well. But, you know, you still want to try to pay the best price you can, knowing that, you know, if I don't pass, which I'm, I'm sure most people are hoping they don't, um, then, mm -hmm. you know, this is just money that I'm not going to get back. So, you know. Yeah, I I think that is a great starting point. And even to think about, you know, who is that family or who are the people that actually depend on you? A lot of times, you know, if you're in a relationship, you're married or you have kids, you um, ultimately think of that as your family and who you need to protect. But, you know, if you have extended family or people that are dependent on you or that you support in some way, maybe not formally, but maybe informally, you know, think about how you need to protect that income for them as well. So when you're doing that calculation of your, your debt and you know what you owe and how much, if God forbid you were to pass would, would be needed. You know, if you have parents you're taking care of or siblings or um, maybe not fully taking care of them, but they depend on your income in some way, you know, being con considerate of who is within your, your financial family circle. Yes. Yes. Most definitely. Um, so then talking about whole life, I'm sure some of that is also considered, um, 
what we talked about for term, but there are there other things that people should look at as far as a checklist in trying to get whole life insurance? Um, with whole life, it also starts with being realistic about things. Um, like I said, term is cheaper. So some people will want to go that route where, I mean, these are just examples, but where people can see, oh, I can get a hundred thousand dollar policy for $15 a month. Whereas that same $100,000 policy for whole life, maybe 35 or $40 a month, you know, like I said, that's, that's just a, a, an example. Um, but you know, so people may want to go that, that cheaper route with term. But like I said, the idea of term is to, um, buy term and invest the difference, you know? So if, if you were going to pay 35 for a whole life policy, but you're only paying 15 for term life, then you're supposed to invest that $20 a month, basically, um, to build up wealth. Um, but you have to be realistic. Am I really going to do that? You know? Or am I just going to squander this extra money that I'm saving by going term versus whole life? If you know that you're not, you know, a, a saver or an investor and that you have no plan to even learn how to do that, then I would definitely suggest going whole life um, for that. Like I said, that whole life protection and that cash value uh, component of it. So just, just being realistic. I mean, you still, of course, need to take all those other things into consideration. How much coverage do I need? Um, you don't really have to think about how long it's going to take you to pay off the debt because like I said, this lasts your whole life. Um, so that, that doesn't really come into play, but you still need to think about how much protection do I need, um, for my family and then still be realistic, realistic about how much you can afford, even though, um, this is not money that you're going to lose because it, since it lasts your whole life, your family will get the death benefit, you know, once you pass, regardless of what age it is you pass. So, um, right. I don't think it's so many things that you have to consider with whole life that you do with term life because it is, um, permanent and, um, yeah, it, it like I said, it lasts your whole life. So it, it's not right. so much to consider other than, you know, the monthly payment. Can I comfortably afford this until I do pass away? But there are whole life policies out there that allow you to pay it up within a certain amount of years and you still keep that coverage. So I've done a few policies that were like 10 year pay where you pay a certain amount for 10 years. After that 10 years, that policy still lasts you your whole life. Okay. Yeah. I think also, as you, you were talking about the, the investing, investing piece of it, right? If you are using whole life as an investment tool, um, just understanding what the investment is, what, um, whatever that money is being invested in, um, just being aware of it, right? Similar to if you had done term and, and invested that money independently, um, you would do this, you know, similar level of research, just again, educating yourself on, on both sides. And right. um, overall, right, it's, you are trying to do better for your family and for yourself and, and build wealth. Um, so whether you choose to do that in kind of a, a combination of whole life and having some cash value and investing or investing just for the, um, excuse me, getting the policy just for 
income protection and then doing something on your own. Your overall goal is trying to benefit your family and improve your wealth. So whichever way you go, you want to make sure you're, you're educated on that. Right. Yes. I, I did want to ask about um, maybe people who um, have pre-existing conditions or who aren't um, healthy or have, you know, some type of sickness where they feel maybe they're not eligible for life insurance or have concerns about it. Can you talk a little bit to, to someone who has some health condition or pre-existing condition, what they can do or consider in trying to get health insurance and, you know, protect their family? Okay. Um, so insurance companies are aware, you know, that people do have pre-existing conditions, that there is a whole lot of people out there that have pre-existing conditions that still need life insurance. So um, there are insurance companies who specialize in helping uh, senior citizens, those who have um, an array of health issues, they they usually have um, what's called guaranteed issue where um, you will be approved even regardless of your pre-existing conditions, your age. I think the oldest that I've seen it go up to is 90 years old. Some companies go up to even 90 years old that they would still offer um, life insurance. Um, uh, the biggest, uh, I guess, con to it would be is that uh, it is going to be more expensive. Um, so you just have to decide, you know, is this affordable for me? Um, I know I'm going to get the protection. I know they're, they're going to approve me, but it's, it's just, you know, you have to decide, is it going to be affordable for me? Or, you know, can my family help take care of this? If since in the, in the end, they're going to be the ones to benefit from it, you know? So um, right. There are definitely still options out there for people with pre-existing conditions um, or who are of a, a senior age. There are options out there, but they can be uh, more costly than those who are uh, who don't have pre-existing conditions, health issues or who are not as old. So. Right. And, and, and that makes sense. But it at least is good to know. Right. You're not you don't have, um, you're not limited or have no options. Right. It just be more ex expensive, as you said, but, you know, you can still do something if you really want to protect your family. But as you said in the very beginning, right, the, the main thing you want to do is get it while you're young um, and healthy and, and, you know, it will be cheaper in, in those circumstances. Right. And, and what I, when I, if I feel comfortable enough to tell, you know, some of my clients this, um, you know, that realistically you have more years behind you than you do ahead of you. And these are for my older senior citizen clients. Like I said, that I, that I feel comfortable enough saying this to, I wouldn't say this to any and everybody, but you know, realistically there are more years behind you than there are ahead of you. So even though this is more expensive, it's probably going to average out to what you would have paid. You know what I mean? Way back yeah. then over the number of years, um, it, it may just average out seeing as how you're probably not going to be paying on this for 30 or 40 years. You know what I mean? Um, right. Especially, you know, if you're 70, 80 years old, you know, so, um, and sometimes that, you know, kind of clicks to, yeah, that you, you're right. You know, um, 
but still you have to decide, can you even afford it for the next 10, 15, 20 years you may be here, you know? So. Exactly. But yeah. there are options. Right. Um, so the, the last question I kind of wanted to talk about is um, how life insurance impacts or interacts with estate planning. Um, again, you know, usually something people look into later in life or after you have kids, thinking about wills and um, how you're going to protect what you have. Um, what should people consider as they're, you know, preparing that will or thinking about how things will be after they're gone? Um, how does the life insurance impact those plans? Well, I, I look at life insurance as sort of like a will. Um, it's a legally binding uh, document that appoints this amount to go to this person and this amount to go to that person and this amount to go to that person or all of it to just go to one individual. You can even um, designate a charity or an organization as your beneficiary for a life insurance policy. Um, so I look at it as, as very similar to that of a will, um, you know, except a will mostly deals with, you know, objects and things that that person rightfully owns, you know, when they pass. Um, but as far as it, it, you know, going with estate planning, um, you know, people, even though most people want to get life insurance because it, their death would affect their children, uh, their spouse in a financial way, even those whose children are grown, um, out of the house or who may not even have a spouse. Uh, for whatever reason, they would still use life insurance, you know, and say, well, I want to be able to leave my children this amount of money when I'm gone. Um, or I want to be able to leave my grandchildren this amount of money when I'm gone. So um, in, life insurance can still be used in that way as well. Not just, oh, they're going to need this to live off of, or, or they're going to need this to pay the mortgage or the car note. Um, but just know I, I want to leave my kids something to help them, uh, you know, create some wealth for their, for themselves, whether it be to start a business or invest in the stock market or whatever, or even just to save it, to have for a rainy day. Um, I, I want to be able to set my kids and my grandkids up to get a, a bit of a head start in life. Um, versus if I, if I don't leave them anything at all. So a uh, life insurance can definitely be used in that way. It doesn't just have to be um, because your debt is going to be a, a financial blow to your family. It can be because you just want to do something kind for your future generations. Yeah, that that's a great point. Um, there's so many examples where life insurance policies um, can be, you know, a, a stepping stone in generational wealth, where, you, mm -hmm. like you said, you're leaving something to help your next generation build a business or just build something without um, having to start from scratch. So that added benefit of not just protection or, you know, making sure that you aren't necessarily a deficit, but the opportunity to be an asset or a benefit to future generations. Yeah. That's, that's a great way to put it. Like some people use it to, to overshadow a deficit, like, like you said, but some people use it to be an asset. So I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah. And another thing you mentioned was, you know, designating it for charitable organizations or, you know, some other company, which 
um, people do as well, where maybe you don't have a lot of family or children or, you know, people in your life that you want to leave it with, mm-hmm. but you're very passionate about a charity or uh, a movement or some type of, you know, social organization that you want to improve. Um, you can also designate it for that reason as well. And, you know, live on through that and, and benefit that organization um, that you are passionate about even after you're gone. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, so before we wrap up, um, is there any other kind of last points you wanted to leave, um, leave the audience as they think about life insurance and, you know, preparing their family or generations to come? Um, just want to reiterate, uh, you know, the, the earlier, the better. I, I keep saying it. It was something that I honestly did not want to do, did not want to talk about because it, it makes you think about death, you know, and none of us want to think about that, especially at a young age. I don't want to think about, you know, leaving my husband or my daughter behind and me not being here. But, um, I also don't want to be naive, you know, and so I don't want any of us to be naive uh, about things. Um, you know, it helped me also to go whole life with the cash value account because it's like, okay, well, I'm praying that I'm here for years. So if I am, you know, then I still have this amount of money that I could always use for my family. I don't have to just think about, oh, they're only going to benefit from this when I die. So, you know, if if that's you and and you're thinking, you know, you don't want to think about death, you don't want to think about life insurance because of what it implies, um, then, you know, think about going the whole life cash value route where that may give you some peace of mind where you're thinking like, okay, well, even if I live 50, 60, 70 years and I'm paying into this policy, I have this cash value account that I could always use for, you know, anything, you know what I mean? So, um, just like I said, look into it now, the earlier, the better, uh, you, we get in insurance on our cars, on our phones, on our homes. Um, and it's no guarantee that you'll ever use them, but we know one day we are all going to die. We know that, um, we pray that it's many, many years from now, but the fact of the matter is it's going to happen. So why not insure yourself on the inevitable? You know, like I said, we we constantly pay for things that we may not ever use in our whole life, but let's let's try to, you know, educate ourselves and 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 use common sense and be smart about the fact that death is inevitable. Somebody is going to benefit from this one day. So, um, yeah. Yes. Oh, it was so great talking to you, Charlene. Um, before you go. You can leave your social media or where people can find you if they want to be in touch or just see what you're doing online. Okay. Well, um, Facebook, you can find me just at Charlene J. Washington. Um, On Instagram, you can find me at Madam C.J. Washington. Uh, On Twitter, you can find me at Madam C.J. Wash. They wouldn't let me put my whole last name, but yeah. (laughs) Um, Okay. But uh, I, I also want to leave with this. Um, is it okay if I if I plug my my company real quick? Of course, yeah. So I, I'm an executive senior agent with um, an insurance broker called Omni Bay Financial. 
Um, and we are going to be doing some amazing things in 2021 and the years to come. Um, so not only think about life insurance as just, you know, purchasing a policy and using it to protect your family, but you may also want to consider becoming an agent. It's something that you can do part-time. It's something that I'm doing part-time, but I've, it's, it's been such a blessing to me that I'm going to be leaving my job in about a month or so and just fully focusing on insurance, um, because it's allowing me to, um, build up wealth financially just from selling the policy. So not only do I have the insurance protection that I can use for my family, but also selling policies has been a great financial blessing to me and my family. So it, it may be something that you want to look into that will allow you to become more educated on it and make some really good money in the process. So, um, Omnibay Financial, look us up and I promise you, you won't be disappointed. Awesome. Thank you so much, Charlene. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.